He's singing this over you. He sings over you. Open up your heart and let me in. Open up your heart and let me in. We open our hearts to you, Jesus, and we sing. Open up your heart and let me in. God sings this over you. With all desire, he sings, open up your heart and let me in. He sings this over you with love and joy. Open up your heart and let me you're still here every day that you're breathing it's because he has a plan for you Eclipsed by glory, and I 
realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us so.
Okay, um, guys, right here, this is what worship really looks like. When you are tired and you are in pain and your body doesn't move and you are sick day in and day out, that's not something to look at and go, what the heck? That's something to say, Jesus, make me like that because I have a fire that burns inside of me beyond my pain, beyond my sickness, beyond my trials, beyond my financial situation, beyond my depression, beyond my anxiety, beyond the worry of the future. We're so afraid of what we look like in front of people. Stop it. We're Christians. We're supposed to look stupid in front of people. It's okay to say stupid on the altar. We're human. We're designed for His love and His love only. His purpose and His purpose only. She's getting her freedom right now. What are you doing? You focus on you and the Lord. And you get set free. Yes, mama. You get set free with whatever it is that you're going through. Whether it's a tear, whether it's a kneel, whether it's a raise of the arm, whether it's a sitting down and praying deep in your heart. You know between you and the Lord what is going on. So you don't look at anybody else. You focus on you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. That's all that matters. Come on, Pastor. Oh, he loves us. Just for who you are. Not for what you've done, not for what you're going to do, but just for who you are. And there's freedom and joy in that. Hallelujah. And no greater love can any man have than this, Jesus said, but he lays down his life for his brother. And that's what Jesus did for us. And in this that we're going to do in just a few moments, there is all the freedom, all the healing, all the deliverance that you need in your life. And we're going to believe it for everyone. And you know what I want to do before we even take communion? Where is Vivian? Just gather around Vivian right now. Her son, Brian, was just diagnosed with cancer, liver, kidney. um, And she's believing. We're all believing. She said the Lord has spoken to her about it. But we're just going to believe that the love, the same love that Jesus brought to the cross that heals our bodies is going to be applied to Brian as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just speak to Brian's body right now. In that hospital, getting ready for whatever chemotherapy they're going to do, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever they do, they need to do. But we're going to pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. You love him, you love Vivian, and we're going to play, pray right now where there's breath, there is hope, and we're going to believe right now for complete healing in Jesus' name throughout that entire body that you're going to raise him up as a testimony. We speak to the cancer, we speak to the leukemia, the blood condition, whatever it is, we command it to go in Jesus' name. And we thank you that we can say that not based on our own ability or intellect or anything like that or our own spirituality. It is based on what you did on the cross for us. And we speak that same 
blessing to everybody in this sanctuary now. Whatever we are seeking this morning, just as was said earlier, we're free in you. Whatever you have for us this morning, body, soul, or spirit, we rest in that. And we're going to receive from you, Father God, your touch in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As is our custom here, we usually just have you come down the center aisles and partake of your communion. As you take the cup, return to your seat. Be seated, if you would, and we'll partake together. Just worship the Lord together as the worship team continues to sing and worship. And feel free to come down and get your elements. Are they white as snow? Are you washed 
Just our voices to him. Just raise your hand and sing that to him. Oh, precious is the flow. Oh, yes, it is. That makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. All privet praise right now. Could you do that? Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, we thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the blood, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name. I'm glad I've been washed. We've been washed. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord. All just worship him for a moment. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name. In the soul, cleansing blood of the Lamb, are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed? In the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're glad for the blood, say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Why don't you be seated in his presence and take the elements, if you will. The Apostle Paul said that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat this. Father, we thank you for this bread right now. We thank you for the healing touch on everyone's body that is in need right now. We thank you, Father, for an emotional touch, a spiritual touch. We, we think of Joe in the back who just lost his grandmother and is, is, continues to be heartbroken about. We're so glad that we have a new heaven and a new earth coming, wherein will dwell righteousness forever, and we can rest in that. We thank you, Father, for your provision. As we partake of this bread, we're going to partake your strength, your health, your healing, your deliverance in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. And in the same manner after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the New Testament, the new covenant in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim, you show forth my kingdom until I come again. Father, again, we thank you for this blood that was shed. The innocent blood of that innocent lamb, Jesus, fulfilled all of Old Testament prophecy, fulfilled every lamb, bull, ram, goat that was ever sacrificed, all fulfilled in Jesus. And it's this blood that washes whiter than snow, red blood that washes white. We don't understand it, but we thank you for it. And we ask right now for a washing on our spirits, our bodies, our souls, our minds, every part of our lives, our children, our grandchildren, our spouses, everyone that we come in touch with, that we would find that washing in Jesus. We proclaim it and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah, Father. Blessed be your name, Lord. Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Father. Before we go into this next new song, which we're not going to do. No. I just feel the Holy Spirit wants us to do something a little different here. I just feel that he wants us to lift each other up right now. I'd like you to just take a moment, if you could, and I know it requires some boldness, if you will, but if you could just stand and just allow the Holy Spirit, maybe it's somebody next to you, maybe it's your spouse, somebody, like us just to pray for each other right now. Uh, I, I know, it's, and understand, it's not the long prayer, it's not the loud prayer, it's the prayer of the Holy Spirit. Just a word, maybe, just a blessing, whatever it might be, or just a touch on the shoulder. But I believe that we need to be strengthened in these times right now. We need to understand who we are in Jesus. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I just feel the Holy Spirit wants us to move in that direction for just a few moments. So just take a moment, and I'll pray together at the end. But just take a moment. Reach out to somebody. Holy Spirit will lead you to somebody, perhaps, whatever it might be. Just take a moment. Just touch somebody next to you, around you. And I'm just going to give you a minute just to, just to pray with them. Not a deep prayer, not a loud prayer, whatever. However the Holy Spirit would lead. Hallelujah, Father. Maybe one of the things I'm thinking about is the fact that this is what the early church used to do. They would have communion, and then afterward, they would have lunch together. They would fellowship together. And I just feel that right now, I've talked to so many people, so many pastors and, so, and others that are just, 
they're all saying, we're all saying the same thing. God, you've got to begin to do something. You've got to be, you've got to do something in your body. And so I'm just going to ask the Lord to just draw us closer together, make us one, draw us into his presence to be his body in these last days. Father, I just thank you for this body right now. I thank you for the love here. I thank you for the acceptance, the forgiveness that we feel with one another. I thank you, Father God, for the open, the openness that we have to the moving of your spirit and to what you would have for us. No agendas, sincerity. I thank you for that. I thank you, Father, for the, for the people that are working right now in the kitchen and out in the, in the barn to, to prepare a meal for us today. I thank you for everybody that brought food in. A simple thing. It, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's a simple thing. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our midst. And I ask, Father God, that you would draw us together with cords of compassion even more, that you would help us to overlook our multitude of sins, as your word says, that you would help us to start seeing with the eyes of Jesus, that in these last days, as we go into these times, it may be a little tougher. If there's somebody that needs help buying groceries, if there's somebody that needs help putting gas in their car, that you would prick our conscience. You would, you would remind us to give that person some money, to bless that person, to help them so that they can get to work, so they can do what they need to do. We ask your guard and your protection to be around us. And Father, we're going to praise you as you draw us together as your body, as your body in one spirit and in one mind and in one heart, Father, because we serve one Lord, one master, one savior, one father, and we are one body. And I thank you for it and receive that blessing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's just sing one last song together for him. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessed be Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Come flood this place oh, and fill our fill hearts. The fill our hearts. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. You are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Sing that one more time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. Come flood this place. Come flood this place. Fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. that's your prayer fill this atmosphere this building yes but fill this heart this atmosphere with your presence father we thank you for that 
We thank you for what you did on the tree. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now. We thank you for the victory that is in our hearts. We thank you for the victory that is yet coming for each one of us, body, soul, and spirit. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody say praise the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Praise his name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Took a little different direction than we intended. Guys and gals, thank you for following along. I always don't want to interrupt our worship team, but sometimes it happens. Praise his name. Ushers, if you'll come, we'll be prepared to meet the need. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. As you prepare to give, Father, we just thank you so much for all the blessings that you pour out in our lives, all the multitude of things you do for us. We couldn't, we couldn't name them if we took every hour of the day. So we thank you for that. We ask, Father, that you'll bless us as we give back to you. We know that as we do, you're going to give back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over so we can continue to give to you. We thank you for your blessings. Bless both gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you give. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, first of all, it's good to see Deshaun back. Stand up, stand up. There you go. There you go. Hallelujah. In Virginia right now. And what is your official title? You are an MP. Are you an MP? Say it again military security forces with the Marines. So we are safe today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good to have him back. Praise the Lord. And good to see everybody else. And uh, young people, I guess, are you going with uh, Pastor Yuri? Um, okay, you can be dismissed if you are. And the rest of us, open your Bibles to Philippians. Philippians, we're in the first chapter of Philippians. And we got to make sure we get from the spiritual food to the physical food pretty fast, right? Although we can't smell it. That's good. It's all out there. It's bad when you're in some churches in the kitchens right next to the sanctuary and you can smell the the fried chicken coming across. That's not good. Philippians, the first chapter, we're down in verses 9 through 11. We are still in these verses. We um, are going to be touching on one of the couple other aspects here of Paul's prayer. He begins this prayer in uh, verse 3. Uh, for the Philippians. And remember, we had talked about the fact that they, they partnered with him through giving uh, into his ministry. They sowed seed into his ministry. And that this entire book of Philippians really is about money. It's, it's a, sort of a mundane uh, type of thing. It's nothing super spiritual. It's a, a thanksgiving to the Philippian church for partnering with him in his ministry. And because of that, they are receiving all the grace and all the mercy and all the peace that they need to succeed, whatever level they're at. He opens it by saying, whether you're a bishop or a baby spiritually, grace and mercy is for you. So uh, uh, we talked then uh, last week about 
or the week before last, about uh, the love that would abound he's, uh, in verses uh, 7, 8, and 9 down there and into verse, uh, verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Then verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent. We're going to speak about these things today. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So we're going to talk about just a couple of those points and finish off a couple more next week as well. But he was praying that their love would abound more and more, but as we shared a couple weeks ago, that their love would be rooted in knowledge and discernment. Knowledge and discernment. Uh, If you were to see a little toddler start heading toward a stove that is burning a hot fire on a stove, and that toddler's heading toward that stove, you're, you're not just going to step back and say, oh, look how cute he is. Oh, look, he's heading toward the stove. Look at those pants. Those little pants are so cute, aren't they? And he's going to probably touch the fire. That is so cute. No, you would run and stop the child from touching the stove, right? You don't just stand there and watch him. If you did nothing, that's love without discernment and knowledge. We need discernment and knowledge in our love. So when I see a person trapped deep in sin or falling into sin, my first question should be, how can I help set them free? What can I do? Holy Spirit, tell me, how can I minister your life to them? Uh, It was to a deceived and uh, uh, fallen, rebellious Laodicean church that Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. We always use that for for sinners, right? (laughs) No, Jesus was talking to the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears me and opens the door to me, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. So he did not say, behold, I bust down the door and force you to follow me. Wouldn't that be great if we could just force each other to follow Jesus? (laughs) We would all be perfect. But but it, it, it takes hearing and listening. None of us can make anyone do anything, and believe it or not, the Holy Spirit can't really make any one of us do anything. That's why we've always said he's the gentleman, right? He's the one that leads us and guides us patiently. But we have to hear, and we have to open. But I believe that one of the keys is love. Love seems to be that thing that opens the door eventually to everyone. Uh, I don't know, you, you all have, I'm sure, loved ones that don't know the Lord, and how many of them are going to be seeing them tomorrow? Yay. <laughs> Thank the Lord, all the people I'm going to see tomorrow are all believers. Hallelujah. But, um, but we know that, uh, that for so long you've ministered to them, you've told them about Jesus, or people at work, whatever it might be. And how many know that words eventually just bounce right off, don't they? They just bounce right off. They don't hear it anymore. But love, but love is the important key. Love is the important factor. And that's what Paul is talking about here uh, today, that we need to have this love that will be abounding more and more. It'll be an abounding, discerning love that will result in four things. And we're going to talk about two of them today. Approving things that are excellent, number one. Number two, love is being sincere. Sincere. And number three, love is being without offense. 
He says you are sincere and without offense. And number four, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. So he has four points that he gives us in these couple of verses here. Approving things that are excellent, being sincere, being without offense, and being filled with the fruits of righteousness. All in love. And actually, there are two words that are intermingled here uh, two, two or three times in the Greek. And the two words are love and sincerity, which is good, but genuineness. Genuineness. You know... I don't know about you, but I can't stand somebody that's not genuine. Oh, my goodness. I love genuine people. I'll talk about them in a minute here. (laughs) I love genuine people, regardless of what they're like, as long as they're genuine. That's the most important thing. As a matter of fact, I think there was a survey taken uh, among... uh, the population of, of the United States and said, what's, the, what's the, the most aggravating thing or the thing you dislike the most about Christians? And the number one thing was when they're not genuine. Fake. Fakeness. It's just, it's, it's not what we need. So there are two basic thoughts that permeate this. Approving, which also means to test the genuineness of something or to scrutinize something. And sincerity. And I love this definition of the word sincere. It is so good, and I've shared it with you before. I probably need to share it again for those of you who have not heard it. But sincere means to judge as pure when unfolded in the sun's light. That's a sermon in itself, isn't it? To judge as pure when unfolded in the sun's light. Uh, I shared this illustration before a couple of times, I believe, but remember the illustration of marble back in the early day, in the, in the, in the uh, uh, apostolic days especially. There would be people that would sell marble, and you know marble has all those little veins in it? Well, they would take wax and they would fill in the veins uh, to make it look nice and smooth and shiny. But the problem was, when they put it out in the sun, guess what happened to, happened to the wax? it would melt away and people would see the cracks and the flaws in the marble. So the people that did not have true marble and it was filled with wax would put their marble under shade so the sun could not melt the wax. The ones that had the real good marble that was was flawless and perfect would put their marble out in the sun and they would boldly shout, Sin Sere, which in Latin is without wax. So everybody would know that's the good marble. How many know that we have to be believers that are sincere? Come on, say amen. Without wax. Without wax. Hmm. So again, we're, we're, we're dealing with this concept of uh, sloppy, mushy, f- uh, feeling-guided love. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a self-sacrificing, action-based love that challenges people to go to the next level of joy and success, that challenges us to become better, to live fuller, to become more like our Savior. It challenges us to be deeper in Him and more open before Him. So let's look at these two points, and I'm going to actually reverse them. I'm going to start with sincerity first and then go to approving the excellent because I, I think that makes a nicer flow for me. So first of all, we start with in love being sincere. In love, being sincere. All of our victories are meaningless unless we are pure and sincere. That's where it all starts. And let me show you what sincerity is not. Guys in the back, I don't know if you have this or not. If they have that uh, picture, they could put it up. Um, but there was, I saw this a while back. And I don't know, there's nobody there. I thought I'd try. There it is. Thank you. 
I, some of you might have seen this. Uh, how many are glad that Pride Month is over? Hallelujah. I'm so glad it's over. But uh, during Pride Month, the, the, you, you can't see them fully, but we have uh, Bethesda Software Works, Renault, uh, Mercedes, BMW, Nestle, Coca-Cola. And during Pride Month, on the left, you see all the colors. They would, they would, they would celebrate Pride Month in America and Europe by changing their logos and including all the pride colors. But on the right side, for the Middle East and Saudi Arabia and Dubai and Egypt, they wouldn't put the pride colors on. Isn't that interesting? Because you can't be a homosexual in the Middle East. So you may say, well, that's because they were just wanting to be culturally sensitive. Baloney. They didn't want to lose sales and get kicked out of those countries. So they gave up their convictions and spoke out of both sides of their mouths. That is not sincerity. That is insincerity. They should have said, BMW, Coca-Cola, they should have all said the same thing. You know what? We, are, we stand firm with the homosexual community, and we don't care if you kick us out of your country. This is what we believe, right? <laughs> but no. In sincerity. Listen, you either are what you are or you're not. You either believe what you believe or you don't, right? There's nothing in the middle. And for us as believers, sincerity says, this is who I am. 24 hours a day, day and night, not perfect, I'm trying, but this is who I am, and this is what you can call me, and this is what I do, and this is how I live my life. And if you don't like it, then put me on the cross with Jesus, I guess. I don't know. You could, you could take it down now, guys. <laughs> it's just an illustration. 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and you could read it when you go home. It's very interesting. Paul, Paul tells us in that fifth chapter, starting in verse 8, he says that we must absolutely keep company, and this is interesting, absolutely keep company with the covetous, sexually immoral, extortioners, and idolatrous people of the world. And he said, if you don't, then that means you have to leave the world. Makes sense, right? He says you have to keep company with them. But, he goes on to say, you must not keep company with a brother who is covetous, sexually immoral, an extortioner, or idolatrous. Why? You say, well, that's interesting. Why? Because in that Christian who is knowingly in that type of lifestyle, reveling in that sin, there is a sinful leaven, L-E-A-V-E-N, right? Right? And how many know what leaven does to a whole lump? It spreads through the entire lump. And Paul says, in that person, there is an old leaven, a wicked leaven, a sinful leaven that has purged the entire lump. And and, And we need to keep the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. No pretense, no lies, no hidden agenda, no doublespeak. Sincerity is pureness and wholeness. It's the same thing through and through. Anything found pure when it's unfolded and examined in the sunlight. That's what we have to be. You know, for, uh, for a few years, uh, as we were, as we were um, 
raising support for missions work that we're in. I worked in, in the, I've told you this, I worked in the trucking industry and, and I worked uh, in and out of garages. I would drive trucks in and out to the mechanics and things like that. And I absolutely loved those mechanics, those diesel mechanics and truck drivers. I mean, a lot of you still work with them and you, you know what I'm talking about. But the thing that would fascinate me is when they would swear. It was so fascinating. The first thing was that you knew exactly how their day was going every day. You didn't have to ask. You didn't have to guess. It's not like working with women. Sorry. Men, you don't have to ask. You know right from, right from when the clock strikes, you know how their day is going to go. And there was this one foreman that would walk in every day. I, I can't do it. I would hurt my throat. Screaming at the top of his lungs every cuss word you could think of to every one of the mechanics walking through the shop. And I would just watch him. And here's the thing that fascinated me about it is they, they hyphenate their words and stick other swear words in between them. They say the word, and then they put another swear word, and then they finish the I-N-G. And they would do it so fluidly. I would stand there and look at them thinking, wait a minute, I'd have to get out a pencil and paper and diagram the words to try to figure out how to do that. Oh, no, no, it just flowed. It just flowed. It just flowed. But what I liked about them is they were real. They were real. There was no guessing. They were real. They were genuine. And I hate to tell you folks, but if you unfolded them, you would see the same thing on the inside as on the outside. Unfortunately, if you've unfolded some Christians and exposed them to the light... Oh, he's done gone to preaching. Now listen, I'm not talking about sins and struggles. We all have that. I'm not talking about that. (laughs) She's got her hanky out. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about sins and struggles and weaknesses. We all have them. I'm not talking about exposing those things. I'm talking that uh, Paul uses particular words in, in 1 Corinthians 5. He says, malice, which is evil purpose and evil desire. Wow. When we expose some of the stuff that's inside of us, it's not failure, it's not weakness, it's not personal sin. Sometimes there's an evil way down deep inside there that the Holy Spirit sunlight needs to get to, amen? And do his work. That's why I like what Peter says in 1 Peter 2. And, and uh, allow me to read it, read it in, uh, you could read it, the second chapter of 1 Peter uh, at, at your leisure, but allow me to read it in uh, the, um, uh, the Message Bible. It's so good. Peter tells the believers, so clean house, make a clean sweep of malice and pretense. Make a clean sweep of envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God, now like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Oh, I like God's pure kindness in my life. I want to expose everything that's inside of me. I want his pure kindness inside of me. And he says, then you will grow up mature and whole in God. What a definition of sincerity. Clean sweep, clean house, no pretense, no disguise, no masks, like infants, pure kindness, wholeness inside of us. 
So, abounding love, Paul says, has a wonderful effect. It pushes out the leaven of the flesh, the leaven of the world, and it allows you to have all of him inside of you. And that's what has to happen. That pure love that has discernment. You, you know what that is. You felt that, right? You felt that in your walk with the Lord. You, you've, you've felt those times when the Holy Spirit seems like just out of nowhere puts his finger on something in your life, right? Oh yeah, you know it. You know it. You, you're, you're, you're just, just humming along and you think everything's great and all of a sudden you say something or do something and there's a click inside your spirit and you know the Holy Spirit is touching something. Clean it. Clean it. Touch it. Deal with it. Open it up to the sunlight. Let let the sun shine in. <laughs> Let the sun shine in and touch it. So in love, we are sincere. Our sincerity is based in his love. And the second point is, just two points today. The second point is, in love, approving what is excellent. Approving what is excellent. Uh, can you imagine, we, we talked about the Apostle Paul a while back, and of course many of you know it was, it was Saul, and he was persecuting the church. He was, the word to, uh, says in the book of Acts, that he was like a ravenous bear, and he was tearing and rooting through the church, and ripping families apart, and throwing people in prison. And he was on assignment to go and do the same when he was on the road to Damascus, and the Holy Spirit interrupted him, and talk about the sunlight. The sunlight blasted him and blinded him, that sunlight was so bright, and exposed everything in him. And uh, so he was killing as many Christians as he could. Well, eventually, he, of course, we know he came to know the Lord and, and, uh, and was delivered and set free. And uh, Philippians, Philippi, uh, was one of the first cities he went to. And he met Lydia down at the water uh, because there was no synagogue there to preach in. And he went down to the water, met Lydia, and the church was founded there in, in her house. So fast forward a bit. Can you imagine the church business meeting when Lydia stands up and says, okay, now we want to raise some financial support for the Apostle Paul. We want you to give some money. I would imagine there were a number of people there that probably said, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. The Apostle Paul killed my uncle and aunt. It was the Apostle Paul that dragged my two cousins I don't have a wife because of the apostle. I don't have a husband. I have orphans because of the apostle Paul. And now you want us to give him money for his ministry? <laughs> I'm sure Lydia had to stand up and say, okay, everybody, wait a minute now. We've got to approve things that are excellent now. We've got to move beyond what our mind thinks and what our heart feels. We've got to do what God tells us to do. We've got to help Paul evangelize the world. Did the Lord ever tell you to do something that was a little bit hard to do? You had to move beyond your mind. You had to move beyond your heart. And you had to accept what this said. And you had to do it. You had to forgive. You had to love. You had to choose the right path. Hey, folks, it ain't easy. That's why I always love it when, Christian, when non-Christians say, Oh, Christianity is just a crutch. you try it for a while see what you think so they begin to have to approve see to approve something that's excellent means that we have to submit our wills to the will of the father And, and I love the definition of this word excellence it means to surpass it means to drive up it means to become more I don't know about you but I want to become more in Jesus 
I want to become more in my walk with him. I, I'm not great at it. I'm, I'm still trying. I, I, I've been trying all these years. But I, want to, I still want more. And I don't mean that in a spiritually uh, grandiose way. It's just every day we've got to want more. And I love the other definition of this word. It means to make a difference. Don't you want to make a difference in the world? Don't you want to make a difference in your family? Don't We want to make a difference in this world. I want to surpass it. I believe God is calling a body. He's calling a church right now that is going to surpass, going to go above and beyond what they can ask or even think. I believe he's calling people that used to that would say, I used to struggle with this thing, but now I don't anymore. What used to trip me up and make me fall, I now walk in victory over. That attitude that used to harass me is now just a passing thought. That fear that used to haunt me is now just a fleeting memory. We're not just passing, folks. We are surpassing. We're not just surviving. We are thriving in the name of Jesus. You say, you can say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. <clears throat> but don't you know what gas costs right now? Every time I go to the pump, I know what gas costs. Well, don't you know what food costs right now? Actually, no, because my wife does the shopping. And for some reason, peanut butter still costs the same. So that's all I care about. Well, don't, don't you, what about our electric bill? What about the heating bill this winter? What about, yes, I know about all those things, but I also know that I have a heavenly father that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I have a heavenly father that knows what I have need of even before I ask. I have a heavenly father that has promised to supply all my wants. All my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I know that's who I believe in. When I disperse abroad and give to the poor, he will provide the seed for the sower and the bread for the eater. And he will multiply the seed that I've sown and the increase of my fruits of righteousness. And when I'm a cheerful giver, God is able to make all grace abound toward me. That having all sufficiency and all things, I may abound unto every good work. Listen, folks. What's happening in Babylon stays in Babylon. I don't need to worry about it. It doesn't need to touch me. When Rome falls, my kingdom will still be here. It's a kingdom that is eternal. God is looking for sons and daughters who will be a conduit of his power. He's not looking for perfect pots, but imperfect yielded vessels. He's looking for a people who will prove things that are not just good, but better and excellent. He's looking for warriors that will curse the root that has defiled the fruit. He's looking for overcomers that will expect blessing in the midst of famine. Champions that will set captives free. Champions that will look at the enemy, curse it in Jesus' name, and see freedom come. He's looking for believers that will laugh at lack, expect great filling, and see mighty provision. He's looking for eagles that will soar over every difficulty and every challenge. He's not looking for chickens that will peck out a meager existence in Babylon's barnyard. He's not looking for hopers for victory. He's looking for people that see victory through the eye of faith. Giant slayers who will mock the Goliaths of the world. Who will pick up the word and cut off the head and hold it high. We're looking for excellence, not mediocrity. We're no longer wanting the good. We don't want the better. We want the best in Jesus' name. And that comes when we're filled with his love. And when every day... You know, like, like Superman used to do when he'd take off his clothes and the Superman, we, he'd pull that back and it'd open up his chest. Every day, we pull back this flesh 
and we open it up to Jesus and we say, come Holy Spirit inside me right now. Purge out everything that's not of you. Take every attitude that's not of you. Take everything that's in here that's not of you. Let your sunlight fill my heart because I want to be an overcomer today. I don't want to be bound by that same stupid attitude. I don't want to be bound by that same foolish desire. I want to be an overcomer. And is, does it happen every day? No. Wish it did. How many know it's a fight? It's a struggle. <laughs> And how many know that we're glad that we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother? That loves us in spite of ourselves? How many know all of that verse in Scripture? Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm so glad that my sins are covered every day by His grace. And all He wants from me is to say, Father, here I am. Here I am. In love, I want to be sincere before you. I don't want any wax in me. I want to be sincere before you. In love, I want to approve what is excellent in my life. And whatever you tell me to do, however hard it might be, this sincere vessel is going to do everything he can to follow you. And I believe that's the same for everybody in this place. I've said it before. We've made it through this whole COVID thing. We've made it through everything we've made it through with flying colors. God is blessed. God has provided. So you're here. You're here because you're here. Because the Holy Ghost wants you here. So let's do what he asks us. Let's just bow our heads. Father, I just thank you so much for your mercy and your grace that is new every morning. I'm so glad that the Apostle Paul, when he started this letter, as he did with every letter, grace to you and peace from God the Father. And not just to the overseers, not just to the deacons, but to all the servants, all the bond slaves, all the children, all the moms and dads, all those that yet to hear the gospel, grace, peace, mercy, and love abounding. May our love abound more and more, not just for ourselves, but may our love abound more and more for those mechanics at work because they need it. May our love abound more and more for that boss tomorrow morning, for those people that speak ill of us, for those people that abuse us, for those people that make fun of us because we're Christians. May our love blossom even more, and they'll see it, and that's what will draw them. May we love without limit tomorrow at some of our family picnics and get-togethers when maybe that uncle, that cousin, that person that we don't like. Oh, maybe there's even some people that have been abused by that uncle, by that grandpa. And it's so hard to love now. Your mercy and your grace is there to pour out your love. And Father, we want to be those that will love you sincerely till we see your face again someday. And we know it'll happen because of your Holy Spirit. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's stand together. What are you playing? I'm coming back to the heart of Yeah, that's worship. true. And it's all about. Because it's all about you. 
It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. Just raise your hand. It's all about about Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Sing that again. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Because it's all about you. It's all about you. Yes, it is. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you. Yes, it is. It's all about you, Jesus. I want to sing that one more time. I, I just I feel there's an anointing on this song right now. I feel there's something special right now. He's turning your eyes to Jesus. The Spirit is turning your eyes to him right now. As you sing it, just make that a place just with you and Jesus. Sorry, Lord, for all the junk we've turned it into, because it's all about Jesus. Sing that one more time. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's Jesus. Worship him. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. Yes, it is, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. For it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more looking into my heart you're looking into my heart you're looking into my yes you are yes you are yes you are so I'm coming back to the heart of worship one more time I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus, and I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Oh, how many are glad we could worship Him that way? Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I just ask that you'll instill in us a heart of worship for you as we go from this place. We go forth as your worshipers, open, sincere, whole, pure before you. Not fake, not fake, not hiding anything, but open before you, abounding in your love. As we fellowship together afterwards, that we would share your life and your love with each other. We'd laugh, we'd tell jokes, we'd have fun, we'd have fun with the kids, but we'll keep that worship in you. We thank you for it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You're all invited back to the back. Go and enjoy some fellowship together in his presence. Happy 4th of July. Good interaction, brother. I had a, I had a crazy thought when I was sitting out there. I was like, you know what? We should do like a little round table thing. You on a stool. I'll be on another stool. I'll be the interviewer and I'll just start throwing questions at you. And you can just in the middle of that message, I'm thinking to myself, but yeah, what if I offend somebody, though? Oh, that's what should I do? 
You know, and you could be like banter back and forth and be like, well, here's, here's what I think, or yeah. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> no, that, uh, and actually, though, that's funny because that's what's coming next week. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, like interjecting, uh, like everyday real questions in the midst of your message. I'm just like, well, what about this, Pastor? You what about so this? What are we doing this happens? You are so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably throw some of that in there. <laughs> it's so awesome to have you today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us. <laughs> I, I could be the total suck up. 